Nobody wants to be around negative people. And when you run into people like that, you got to walk away, babe. You can never bring somebody up in life if they don't want to go up. All right, it's Monday. You know what that means, 11 o'clock on Monday. Welcome to the Chaz Palmetary Show. We got so many uh, new people that are joining us. I want to remind you, please, you know, hit that like button, subscribe. It means a lot. I, you know, I, I get all these great guests for you guys, and it uh, it just helps. It, it really does. We're going to get Bill Burr back on here. Bill was great. So many great. Billy Joe was on, uh, Alan Menken. Uh, Colin Quinn. You got to see these guys. In, you should go see them in person. Bill Burr, Colin Quinn, Chris DiStefano. Uh, really great comics. I always get the great comics. And uh, check them out in person. Just funny, funny guys. Um, all right. So uh, what we're going to talk about today is, well, first, again, I got to remind you about my restaurants. I love my restaurants because you know what? The food is so fucking good. It's so good and I'm so proud of it. And people go, Chaz, why did you open up a restaurant? You know, I said, you know, I said, look, if I was going to open a restaurant, the food better be great. I'm Italian. My friends would go in there. You know the shit they would give me? So I got two of the best Italian restaurants in New York. One, 30 West 46th Street, between 5th and 6th, Chaz Palmentaries, and another Chaz Palmentaries, 264 Main Street in White Plains. If you don't feel like going all the way to the city, check out White Plains. You're in the city? Go to 30 West 46th Street. Also, my one-man show, I'm on the road this year for the till the end of the year. I'm doing these great... John, where am I next week? The next upcoming one is November 5th, Des Plaines, Illinois, Des Plaines Theater. Right. Next? December 1st, Ridgefield, Connecticut, Ridgefield Playhouse. Ridgefield Playhouse, which is right near me. I love it. I'm there in 10 minutes. I love it. And then we got a few more going into next year in January, but I would say just go to your website to check it out. Yeah, go to my website, chazpalmentary.net. In January, I'll be at the Paramount in Huntington. Check it out. It's always a great show there. So what are we, we're talking about quotes again. People love these, these t episodes where I talk about great quotes and how it relates to us today. What do we got, John? Okay, before we get started, the basis of this episode is going to be negativity and dealing with negative people. Negativity and negative people. Whoa! And okay. the first quote I got was, dwelling on the negative simply contributes to its power. Wow. It con contributes to its power. Well, yeah. Like, what is, what is negativity? Like, what is being envious or jealous of someone or wishing them harm. What does that do for you? That's like you picking up this right here, this glass of tea, and say it's poison. That's like you drinking it and expecting that person to die. That's what negativity is. It's poison in your body, and you expect them to die. But actually, you're poisoning yourself. So if you got negative feelings towards somebody, let it go, man. Let it go. It's not worth it because it matters how old you are, if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever. Negative emotions, it's bad. It's not going to mean anything in 10 years, five minutes from now, let alone 10 years from now. It's bullshit. 
So enjoy your life. So many people, John, they have one foot in the, in the past, one foot in the future, but they, they have no feet in the present. And, and they wonder why they're not happy. That's why they call it the present, folks. It's a present. That's the reason why. It's got a big bow on it. Open up the bow, open up the present, and live your life and be happy. Don't live your life to the rear view mirror. Don't live your life in the future because you don't know what's going to happen. More than three quarters of the shit you worry about, it never happens. So what are you doing? What are you doing? Live in the present. It's always your next moment that counts. Always. The next decision you make is the one that counts. That's it. Wishing people bad, trying to hold somebody down. I mean, you have to realize something. If you try to hold somebody back and hold somebody down, you have to be down there with them to hold them down. Remember that. Well, it's funny that you say that because that's the next quote we have picked out. It says, if you attach to the negative behavior of others, it brings you down to their level. Exactly. That's exactly another way to say it. You know, there was this, a, a good friend of mine, I won't mention his name, but he had a partner. And, and the other part, and his partner was very talented, don't get me wrong. And uh, they were terrific together. But his partner was extremely negative. Always negative, negative, negative. And I actually told him once, I said, listen, you got to get away from this guy. He's too negative. He's going to bring you down with him. And then finally he saw what he did, and uh, he realized that. I said, six months from now, you'll watch. After you guys are not together, you're going to blow up. You'll see. And you know what? He did. Once you get that weight off your back, watch what happens. But once you hold on to the negative, forget it. You have to feel yourself. See, everybody goes, well, you got to visualize being a success. Yes. I think that's important is to visualize being a success. But you have to feel it emotionally too. In other words, visualize it, but also feel it. Like feel yourself there. Close your eyes, smile to yourself, and feel yourself there. And believe me when I say you can manifest that. I know you think I'm crazy, but it's the joke in life. I'm telling you, it's the joke in life. You can't go, play, you can't go to places physically until you go there emotionally and in your mind first. And then once you're there, you're ready. And you say, oh, well, I belong here. I'm happy to be here. But when you hold on to the negative thoughts, it's like walking around with all this baggage and luggage. Who needs that shit, really? And sometimes people just don't get it. You ever see the people that always walk around, John, they always go, oh, my life, I, I've had, never got a good break in life. I... Uh, life has been mean to me. I suck. And well, yeah, if you have that attitude, of course life has been bad to you because you didn't recognize the good breaks. You had great breaks, but you didn't recognize them. Oh, I never met anybody. No one's ever, I never met anybody I liked. Yeah, that's right. 
Because who the fuck wants to be near you with that kind of attitude? You scared everybody away. Whether you're a man or a woman or whatever. Nobody wants to be around negative people. You ever get those people in your life, you know they're so negative, they're always complaining. When they call you on the phone, it's like, oh my God, I can't wait to get off. Or you just, uh, you make believe, you know, you're, yeah, yeah, I'll be right there. Hold on, somebody's knocking. Yeah. When? I, listen, I got to go. I got to go. You ever do that? I do that all the time. I do that. I make believe. I knock, I knock myself, and I make believe somebody just knocked on the door. I go, oh, so, oh wait, hold on. It's cold waiting. I got to go. Who wants to be around those people? When you're walking down the street and you see somebody, you know, you turn your head. You look the other way because, oh, my God, I can't handle this. There was a girl in my neighborhood. Her name was Donna Depression. We used to call her Donna Depression. Like, you couldn't say to this girl, how you doing? Hey, Donna, how you doing? Because she would tell you how she's doing. Like, how you doing is just a term of endearment. Donna, how you doing? Well, you know, my father, he hit me less. Oh, my God, Donna, please, I cannot deal with it. You know, there's a thing called a happiness plug. Some people have it, some people don't. When you meet someone who doesn't have the happiness plug, in other words, it's like a bucket of water, a, bu- a big bucket, and you're trying to fill it up with water, but there's no plug in the bottom. It's like an open hole. The water just runs through it, and there's nothing you could do to fill it up. And when you run into people like that, you got to walk away, babe. I know it sounds cruel, but they will suck the life out of you. They, and if you have somebody like that, you got to just take them in doses. Because like I've always said, and you heard me say this before, you can never bring somebody up in life. Never, if they don't want to go up. But the opposite is not true. They could bring you down. You could get some negative person that could suck the life out of you and bring you down with them. So you have to be very careful. So choose your friends wisely. I mean, they did a study. They did a study, John, and they said, look at the four guys around you. And that's that's what will be you. That's, you know, whatever they, whoever they are, how much they make, whatever they're doing, your friends, are not, no matter where you are, that's as high as you'll go. And it's not being, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, you're not being like, who the hell am I, elitist or anything. But hang out with people who could teach you things. I always say, if I'm the smartest guy in the room, I'm in the wrong room. I want to be with people who are doing great, who I could befriend them and be friends with them. I, I want to, I want to be with people that can get me higher, not get me lower. That shit I don't need. I have some great friends from my neighborhood that I'm still friends with. I have 23 friends that we, we grew up together. My, uh, my best friend right there, Phil Folia, he was like my brother. We were friends for 60 years, no, since we were 10 years old, and we grew up together. And uh, he passed during COVID. But he was always so smart and always uh, so, you know, serving to people. And he was the district attorney. He was a district attorney, ran for, you know, district attorney in New York. He was 
He was just a great human being, and I learned so much from him. You know, be with people that are, are good people, great people. Well, here's two more quotes. One of them, well, both of them go hand in hand with what you're saying, but this one goes more towards the negative person aspect. This one says, mm. the person who says it cannot be done should not interrupt the person who is doing it. Wow. Yeah. The other one that goes hand in hand with what you were saying goes, it is important to surround yourself with people who lift you up, encourage you, share your vision, and inspire you. Wow. Absolutely. You know what? You can find a lot of friends that'll, that'll be around you and, and, and wipe your tears when you're failing. Very hard to find when you're, you're a big star and successful. Very hard to find a friend who's happy for you. Isn't that crazy? Because some friends, they're happy for you, but it's almost like it has a reflection on them that they're not there. And they want to bring you back to their level. But to find somebody that says, I'm happy for you, go for it. Wow. I mean, that's... Uh, that's very difficult. I mean, I remember when uh, when I went to L.A. and I was writing Bronx Tale, I had some wonderful friends. I, then I became real successful, you know, with Bronx Tale. And I never forgot that. And I never forgot the friends who were just, just mean to me. You don't call me no more. Oh, this, you know, and I was like, hey, well, I'm doing things. What do you want me to do, you know? And they were upset. Uh, jealous, I guess, probably. Uh, I remember saying to a person, I said to him, I said, man, I don't understand. What's this animosity? Weren't you happy for me? Didn't you wish me success? And he said, yes, I did, but not that much. <laughs> and I, I couldn't believe he said that and, and that he was honest enough to say that to me. And I was like, wow. Like, I wouldn't mind if you were successful. So I say to you folks out there, people, uh, it's hard to find people that are, that will root for you to be successful. It really is. And when you find someone who's a true friend, you know, hold on to them. I remember William Shakespeare used to say, if you find one friend in your life, that's amazing. If you find two friends, totally impossible. Three friends, don't even think about it. And I was like, oh, that's bullshit. I got a hundred thousand friends. But he was right. He was really right. Very difficult to find a true friend, a real true friend. What else, John? How about the good old Tim Tebow? I'll always use the negativity as more motivation to work even harder and become even stronger. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's... uh I mean, I remember, like, I hate to go, I always talk about it because it means so much. I remember when I got fired from being a doorman and I went home and I, I just had no money. I ran out of money and I don't know if I was going to go back to New York and I was, I was just so frustrated. That's the thing about the art, you know? Like, I always bring up Vincent Van Gogh, you know? He never sold a painting in his lifetime. I mean, the guy died thinking he was a failure. Vincent Van Gogh, think about that one of the most legendary painters of all time. His paintings are probably the most expensive now, right up there with everybody, Rembrandt and Titan and, and all of them, uh, Raphael, all of them. So he died th thinking he was broke. See, the artist's mind is 
And you say to yourself, well, how could I have no money when I'm really good? I'm a good actor, you say. I'm a good singer. I should be on Broadway. I should be famous. I should make money. And you're not. And you, and you can't understand that. So what you have to do is what I did is I used that as motivation. I said, well, if they won't give me a great part, then I'll write one myself. Uh, and that's how I started to write A Bronx Tale. So when people put you down or say negative things about you or your craft or your profession, make that motivate you. That's called, in psychology, they call that transference of anger, I think. So you take all that, you're getting angry, all that emotion, and you put it into your work, and that's what I did. I started writing every day. I wrote Bronx Tale eight hours a day. Until after 10 months, I had a 90-minute uh, uh, one-man show. But it was, the impetus was the anger and frustration that I had. That's what I did. So don't let anybody tell you no. Because I can guarantee it. If you go slow, you might get there. But if you stop, you got no shot. People will run over you. So you can't stop. You got to keep moving forward. Next quote, John. Your energy is contagious. Either you affect people or you infect people. Wow. That's a good one. Either you affect people or you infect people. Wow. I mean, that's about, that goes back to the negative and positive. You know, there's a saying uh, about a movie. Or, and not even about a movie. It's about any kind of bo any kind of business. You know, uh, the business, the business is like a, it's like the fish. The the fish stinks from the head down. If if the boss is toxic, whether it's a director on a movie, whether it's the CEO, whether it's the CFO, if they're toxic, usually, usually the whole damn uh, place is toxic. People talking behind each other's back. Everybody's trying to like screw each other. But if the boss and the CEO is a good person, then the company is run like a like a Swiss watch. Everybody's happy. Everybody's rooting for each other. Everybody's not saying this is mine, that's mine, this is mine. No. And that's what a leader is supposed to do. And if you're listening to this and you're a leader out there, a boss, you think you can get more done with fear? You're not. You might, in the short term you might, but in the long term people will end up screwing you. They won't work as hard when you're not around. They'll screw you. They'll talk bad about you. But when you embrace people and humanize them and talk to them, and tell them you're happy about their work. Wow. You know, uh, they'll go through walls for you. And I think that's what a good leader does. He galvanizes people. And he makes them, you know, run through walls for them. Uh, I forgot that guy's name. He did the, he did a, a study. And he's, I keep forgetting his name, but he's, so, he's such a great speaker. He talked about how they pick the leader for the SEAL team. And he I mean, this is the, mo uh, the most elite team in the world, these guys, right? 
So how do they trust who the leader is? Uh, so there's, you know, he said, sometimes you can get somebody who's really good, who's brilliant at what he does, but he has low trust. And then you have somebody who's really good at what he does and really high trust. They would rather follow the really good guy with high trust than the incredible guy with low trust. Sometimes they'll even follow the guy who's medium with his skills but high trust. That's how much trust means. And this is uh, the, the SEALs, you know, the Navy SEALs. So come on, you know. So obviously it means something. You want to trust your boss. If you trust them, you'll work harder for him. And I think that's important. And John, anything else? Best revenge is massive success. That came from Frank Sinatra. The best revenge is massive success. You know, I did a soap. I was on a soap. It wasn't even a part. It was like in the 80s. I played the guy's twin brother. And I won't say his name because I, I, ended up, I ended up liking the guy. He was a good guy. But I played his double on the show. And you never saw my face, obviously. I played his, his twin brother. So he would play both parts, but I would be, I was built, I was the same height, same width, and I looked like him from the back. And he would, uh, they would just shoot me, uh, shadow, they call me shadow, bring in the shadow. And I would come in, you know, I was a young actor, it was a job, what was I going to do? And uh, he wasn't very nice to me. I, can I say he was mean to me? No, but he treated me like I wasn't there. And I remember I did the fight scene, and I choreographed it because I was a boxer. And he was on a show once, and he, they, they talked to him, and he said, oh, yeah, you know, I worked the whole thing out, you know. Didn't give me any credit, which, which is fine. I don't, I don't care. And then when I was working as a bouncer at a nightclub, he was there with, his, with the cast from the soap. And I saw him, and I had one of those walkie-talkies in my ear because I was the head of security, you know. This is, my God, in the early 80s. So I, I walked over to him. I said, hey, man, how you doing? You don't remember me? I was, and he just turned and looked at me and went, hey, how you doing? And he turned his back on me and continued talking with the cast. And I was like, oh, shit, man. That was cold, you know? But I didn't say, I said, ah, the hell with it. Cut to... Uh, you know, maybe nine years later. Uh, maybe, yeah. This was like 81. Now we're into 89. Bronx Tale comes out. And all of a sudden, Usual Suspects, then the Academy Award with the bullets over Broadway. I'm on like fire, right? I go walking into my agency. I had a meeting with my agents, and there is this guy, this actor, sitting down reading the trades, and I see him. And I look at him. I go, wow, that's him, right? He's probably, he was, I think he was looking for an agent at the time. I had an interview with my agency. So I, in my mind, I said, I'm going to lay into this son of a bitch, you know, and just, just, 
lay into this guy. Like, you remember me? Who the fuck? I was going to get real street and neighborhood on him. And as I'm walking towards him, I'm saying it. But then I remember Chaz. That's not you. That's really not you. And he looks at me, awake, looks at me walking towards him, and he smiles. Chaz! Gives me a big hug. My God, it's so good to see you after all these years. I'm so happy for you. And I just looked at him and I said, hey, man, how you doing? How's, you know, how are you doing? And I was really, I was nice as pie to him. And he said, no, I'm doing great. I'm here. I'm looking. Uh, I might be signed with William Morris. Oh, you have all you know, your success. And I said, thanks, man. You know, I said, I wish you much, much success. Because he is a talented guy, tall, handsome guy. And I said, hey, man, God bless. And I hugged him. He hugged me. And I, and I walked out. And you know what? I felt better. I felt better. Because I said, what would that, what would I have accomplished if I did that? Nothing. You know what? Be a big boy and just say, hey, we're good. We're good. And I got in my beautiful car that the chauffeur brought up. I mean, that the uh, valet brought up. And I jumped into that beautiful car and I drove away. But you know what? It's okay. Uh, success told them uh, things that I didn't have to tell them. So, anyway, I don't know what made me think of that story, but uh, you know, and I won't say his name. He's a good guy. Actually, he's a nice guy, so it's all right. Last quote that we have here, it says, believe you can, and you're halfway there. Theodore Roosevelt. Well, I think it's even more than halfway there. Believe you can, and you're Theodore Roosevelt said that, and you're halfway there. <clears throat> you know, one thing that's contagious is confidence. Confidence is very contagious for you and for the people around you. And not being confident is absolutely contagious. But you have to believe that you can do it. If you don't believe that you could do it, then how is the person who's given you a break going to believe you. Think about that. All businesses are based on fear. All of them. No matter what business you I'm I'm serious, it's based on fear. For someone to give someone a break, for someone to take you to a place that you've never been to before, you have to show confidence like you could do it. If you don't have the confidence, how do you expect me to have the confidence to hire you? And I tell actors and writers and anybody who walks into a room, you know, look like you belong there. Even if you have to fake it, look like you belong there. I always felt like I was going to make it, and I always walked into every room with confidence. Now, maybe that has a lot to do with my upbringing, my parents giving me so much confidence. But if you look like a, a broken down valise, as they say in my neighborhood, then I'm going to get that feeling that you're a broken down valise and I'm not going to help you. I'm just not. You have to look like you deserve the break that I'm about to give you. 
if you come in the room with your hat in your hand, you'll, you'll leave with your hat in your hand. It's very simple. Be confident. And even if you're faking it, do it. Because nothing, nothing is more unattractive than self-deprecation, uh, someone who doesn't think they're good enough, and uh, someone who puts themselves down. I mean, you know, everybody goes, well, you know, it's very endearing. No, it's not. No, it's not. Self-deprecation is funny when you're a huge star. When you're a huge star, self-deprecation is funny. When you made it already, you know, and you could laugh at yourself, then it's okay. Because people know you're being, like, funny. And you're making fun at your own expense. That's okay. That's okay. Um, you know, I remember I was with my wife one day, and we were in uh, Venice. No, Rome. We were in Rome, and we were in the piazza. And we were there for some festival, and everybody's taking photos. And her and I, we kind of got away. And it was just her and I walking through the big piazza in Rome. And uh, we got away from the crowd and the photos and stuff. And we're walking, and we went to the Trevi, uh, the, the Trevi Fountain. The Trevi, you know, Trevi the, Fountain, yeah. What is it? Trevi. Trevi Fountain, the three coins, you know. And um, we're standing there, and, and we got into a little bit of an argument about something I don't remember. So this guy comes over to me, and back then they had the cameras, you know, those throwaway cameras, you take pictures, then you send it in, you throw it out. And he comes over to me and he goes, pitch, pitch, pitch. He's, he's putting his hand, you know, with the camera in my face, going, pitch, pitch. And I said, oh man, oh man, not now. And my wife goes, my wife goes, honey, just do the picture for them, do, do the picture. And he goes, pitch, pitch. I said, all right, all right, all right, give me the camera. I said, I, no, no, I said, all right, all right, take the photo, right? So I put my arm around my wife by the fountain, and he goes, he's looking at me, and he still goes again, pitch, pitch. And then I realized what he was saying. My wife said, honey, he wants you to take a picture of them by the fountain. He had no idea who I was. And so I said, oh, okay. So he gives me the camera, and him and the wife, him and his girlfriend are by the fountain, and I take the photo, and he goes, I spent a momento, and he goes, do it like this, and I'm doing it like this. And it was like he wanted three pictures. He had me walking all over the friggin' fountain. Had no idea who I was. And you know what? Me and her, we laughed, and it broke the ice. And, you know, we laughed about it. So that kind of self-deprecation, yeah, that's funny. That's funny. But don't put yourself down when you're trying to make it. Don't. It's not attractive. All right. So that was a great show with the quotes. I tell you, these quotes do well. A lot of people like them, John. They're fun. If you got some great quotes, go to chazpalmentary.net. No, go to chazpalmentaryshow at gmail.com. Chazpalmentaryshow at gmail.com. You know, I do the show with Catherine Narducci and Tara Conner-Tracy. Catherine uh, wrote, you know, drew, drew this. She's a one. Well, you got to see her art. Anybody who wants this, you can DM her at Catherine Narducci or me, and we'll send it to you. You never know. It might be worth, I mean, years from now, it might be worth something because she's a terrific artist. 
So, Chaz Pemetary Show at gmail.com. You want to go to my website, all you have to do is go to chazpalmentary.net. You'll see my whole website there for the rest of the year. Check it out. God bless you, and see you next week.